When I was little, my older brother, who was crazy about history, devoured the Teridari horrible history books. The illustrations of these educational paperbacks were so funny, so entertaining and immersive, that the stories were easy to remember, and I was still using them when preparing for my final high school history exam. I remember this series for this episode because I was looking for an answer to a question. What exactly makes writing about history entertaining? This is Literature from Finland Podcast. I'm Urte from Helsinki Literary Agency. And in this episode, the author of best-selling historical Cotton Mill trilogy, Ann-Kristin Andel, discusses writing about times past. Welcome, Ann-Kristin. Lovely to have you here. Thank you. To me, it seems um, in historical fiction, the line between the book immersing the reader into a completely new world and being alienating is especially thin. Authors such as Hilary Mantel, Colleen McCullough, or even Edward Gibbon all wrote about very particular times in history that were definitely not familiar to many of their fans beforehand. Yet, their books have sold millions of copies. Do you think they all have something in common? What makes writing about history successful, and how do you spark readers' interest in a historical period or subject they know nothing about? Well, I think the most important thing what the author of a historical fiction must remember is not only to tell what the characters do, but to live there in past time together with the book's characters get into their skins and minds. Then the book becomes immersive. And as an author, I must avoid describing too much historical facts, otherwise the readers feel like they are being lectured. Your Cotton Mill trilogy has been a phenomenal commercial success in Finland. The first two books have sold over 70,000 copies in Finland, and fans are now eagerly looking forward to the third part, uh, rival to the Cotton Mill, to come out in just a few days. Uh, the three books are told from perspectives of three different women of different generations of the Barker family. And each book is set around a particular historical event. Uh, women's emancipation movement in the first book, Finland's independence from Russia in the second book, and Jazz Age in the third book. As a place, you chose the city of Turku, which is situated in the southwest of Finland. So tell us a little bit about the city. Why did you choose to set your novels there, and why is it important for you and for the historical background of these books? In the first place, I got an idea to the novel from my dream that I saw over ten years ago. But it happened in Australia, where I haven't ev- ever been. But Turku is my hometown and I work there as a librarian. Uh, Five years ago I worked in a project where we digitized old material from our basement archives. And I found there very interesting material from our city dating back to the 19th century. And then I decided to combine this material and the the dream that I saw. Uh, Turku is the oldest city in Finland and it has quite interesting history. Different kinds of industries, university library and museums, colorful and strong people from different classes that have struggled to develop the city and society to be 
bitter. Hmm. Yeah, and not probably many uh, listeners from foreign countries even know that at the time when your novels are set, Turku was much more vibrant and important city than Helsinki, for example, which, which yeah, it was cultural hub in, in a way. Yes, and it was the capital of Finland. Absolutely, yes. Um, to me, one of the most interesting and I think most difficult aspects of historical fiction is the combination of accurate research and the characters and plots that would be believable and relatable today. The Cotton Mill Trilogy has been praised for its accuracy, for accurate portrayal of language, customs and class differences in Finland in the late 19th and early 20th century. So how much research did it actually take for you to write the novels and how much freedom did you allow yourself when fictionalizing the events? A lot of research. I would like to do research at least six months before I start <laughs> to write. And when I have um, decided the time where the novel happens, I read historical facts, what happened during that time in Finland, but also what happened abroad. Mm. Then I have to read about cultural history, about mode, customs, uh, food, and so on. But this isn't enough. Then I study languages that people used in different <laughs> classes by reading fiction from that time. And old newspapers are very useful. There I found a lot of interesting information that wasn't in the books. Old advertisements are really interesting. And then I checked hundreds of photographs of Turku. They tell more than thousand words and help me to describe the surroundings. Mm-hmm. That's that's very fascinating. Would you say how different are the newspapers from from the hundred years ago? Is it very, um, yeah? How different is to read them nowadays? <laughs> well, I, I would say that the language is very colorful. <laughs> it used to be, if I compare it today's newspapers yeah 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 that's so fascinating um to um and would you say um after writing this trilogy that history really repeats itself mm. and perhaps what that's why historical fiction can feel so relatable to a contemporary reader uh, no matter what country um, the series or the book is set in well i think uh history repeats itself uh, and it's because human nature doesn't change. <laughs> For example, mm. when I wrote the second book, The Ur to the Cotton Mill, I saw a photograph of, of a demonstration in front of our city cathedral against Russian repression in 1905. And I took this event into the novel. I wrote it two years and I couldn't know that the world's poli- political situation could be like it is today. And when the novel was released last spring, the Ukrainian war had started and there was a demonstration against Russia in the same place in front of (laughs) our cathedrals. And I got cold shivers when I thought, oh no, it's all happening again. Yeah, Yeah, this is exactly, I actually asked this question exactly thinking about the second novel because it is set around the time of Finland's independence and it felt so strange to have this novel released just months, um, basically in the same same months when when the Ukrainian when the Russian invasion in, in Ukraine started, and it was just exactly history repeating itself. And so, and now what you're saying in the same place, having sort of demonstrations about same things, it's it's quite 
quite unbelievable. I would like to come back to the question of entertainability of historical fiction. Uh, I keep talking about the historical aspect of your trilogy, but really the historical events are mainly in the background. Uh, the focus is on the human relationships, romance, dramatic turns of events and characters' lives, um, the characters themselves. And I think here lies the secret to such a wide readership of the Cotton Mill books. On the one hand, it is written for those who love easy, accessible read and crave for romance and literature. It's straightforward commercial uh, historical romance, but on the other hand, the historical basis and the historical part is so well researched and it, it definitely appeals to those who have never touched commercial literature before. Um, when author uh, Nina Mero was here on our, on our podcast, speaking of very Finnish romance, we talked about commercial fiction, about romance fiction in Finland and uh, literature and its status in Finland. And uh, she talked, uh, and we discussed a lot, how this has been a niche genre in Finland, as somewhat of a guilty pleasure uh, that is almost embarrassing to reveal to others. Uh, would you say that this has changed in the last couple of years? Well, I think it has, thank God, <laughs> because it's so great that people read. There should be nothing to be embarrassed about. And there are, for example, book crammers in Instagram who endorse also commercial romance. And I have noticed that in social media, my friends can show a picture of a book cover and tell that it's such a pleasure to read romance and fo forget all the troubles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, is that why you chose to write um, commercial fiction? What was, the, what was the reason behind this choice? I chose to write historical romance because I'm an archaeologist and I have studied history and when I want to relax and escape its time and its problems, computers and mobile phones, I read historical romance and I wanted to create something similar. Mm. Yeah, it's it definitely, I think, provides some sort of escapism um, for the readers, especially nowadays. Mm. What to you has been the most important theme or aspect uh, when writing this particular trilogy? Well, um, because in my books uh, all three main characters are uh, women, I had to think what was women's position in their historical time and what was possible for them. That's why the main theme is to show how equality has developed over the years in Finland. And it has been quite extraordinary. For example, women in Finland were the first in Europe to get the right to vote in 1906. Mm. Would you say that there is a character in the books that you would identify with the most? Well, uh, I wouldn't say uh, one character. All of them ha have something about me. Mm. And I think that's, a, that's the extraordinary thing. And again, we are coming back to the... History to the theme of history repeating itself that exactly how relatable the historical characters can be and uh, you describe the lives and conditions of uh, women women who want to work women who want emancipation in the end of 19th century in Finland but when reading the novels you 
kind of you realize that there are a lot of the same things that we're still talking about today. So I think that's that's just a fascinating aspect of how relatable historical fiction can be. Do you think that historical fiction of any country is very local or how local it is? Um, can it be relatable to a contemporary r- contemporary reader if we take your series that are set in Finland in the 19th and 20th century? Can they feel relatable to a contemporary reader um, in other countries? Yes, I do. Uh, There are wars and repressions going on all over the world all the time. And also what relates us in Europe is that we have had the same kind of history. We had industrial and scientific revolution during the uh, 19th century. And it's interesting to study what kind of similarities and differences there was in different countries. Uh, I think that especially in television, at one point we witnessed a bit of a surge in popularity of historical and regency series and also romance series series um, so we touched upon this question a little bit earlier the escapism the escapistic quality of this of such series do you think that this is the only reason of their popularity do, does it provide escapism and and is this the only reason for the popularity of such genre Well, I think the escapism is really important because you can escape the present and its tr- troubles for a moment into the past and enjoy prom and romance instead of war and climate change. But <laughs> also you can uh, learn from history a lot. So uh, it's not only the escapism. Yeah. What would you say was the biggest lesson to you when writing these novels? Uh, well... It was a surprise for me to uh, kind of know how the equality of women has changed over the times. And we have to be very grateful for the uh, women in history who had courage to uh, work and fight for our uh, women women's rights. Hmm. What would you say was the most challenging thing when writing this series for you as an author? I think the most challenging was to uh, get all the ideas and thoughts and my Im- imagination out of my head, uh, write that into the paper. Hmm. Uh, on the opposite, what was the most enjoyable thing? Uh, most enjoyable thing uh, is to do the background research. <laughs> I love to go to the archives and read old newspapers and and uh, look at the old photographs and and read facts and imagine. Hmm. How well preserved the archives are, by the way, in Finland? Is it easy to access, for instance, newspapers and things like that? Well, most of them are that I used are digitized, so okay. I can... I can check them and read them from <laughs> for example lying in in my bed <laughs> <laughs> that's very well <laughs> very well done well done finland and it's very is it uh, available to anyone to any kind of readers if they want to check the facts yes, yes they are yeah um i would say that in fiction from finland uh historical settings are quite common 
just think, for instance, how many novels there are set around World War II alone in Finland and all kinds of novels, not only historical, but just fiction with a background in World War II. Too. Uh, in your opinion, is there a genre in Finnish literature where history hasn't been and could be explored? It could be historical dark comedy. <laughs> it would be wonderful if someone could write that, uh, like Monty Python's style of our medieval history. <laughs> no, we are no longer the knights who say ni, we are the knights who speak Finnish. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I, I, I really agree. I thought that, or for a long time I've been thinking that um, detective novels and crime, historical crime, that Finnish writers could do really well set, I don't know, in the late 19th century or, t- or very early 20th century. I think um, some extraordinary crime could be born. Mm, that's true. Maybe I start that. <laughs> <laughs> what is your next uh, project, by the way? Uh, I'm writing a new trilogy that is da- dating back to the uh, early 20th century. And uh, it starts from Nandali, which is the neighbor city of Turku. Mm-hmm. Where the president of Finland <laughs> yes, lives, resides, uh, summer, <laughs> yeah, His summer cottage is yes. there. <laughs> yes, and is it also going to be in the same genre of romance, romance and historical romance? Yes, I continue with that. Yeah. To finish, three very literary questions. Who is your current literary crush? Uh, he must be Mr. Larkin from The Darling Butts of May. <laughs> He's a, such a wonderful man, happy and full of joy, and he kisses everybody who wants a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's lovely character. What was the s- most surprising book you've recently read? Uh, that must be Katarina Vuori, Across the Sea, Towards the Past, How I Fell in Love with a Dead Sea Captain. And it's a narrative, no fiction work about love and two different kinds of sea journeys. Uh, the other story tells about the sea captain called Friedolf Höck and the at the end of 19th century and he leads a group of Finns across the waters and over into the backlands of Siberia. And the other story tells about the author Katarina's youthful sea journey around the world. Uh, it was fascinating to follow these two stories side by side in different times and it was surprisingly written. Which author or book never fails to make you laugh? Finnish author Arto Paasilinna, who wrote dark comedy, his works have been translated into many languages. For example, uh, Charming Mass Suicide is one of his most popular titles. Despite the horrible name, it's a joyful celebration of life and it shows the gloomy Finnish psyche. <laughs> he would have been perfect for that kind of historical fiction that you mentioned that uh, Finland could be brilliant and at about medieval times and times past. Thank you, Ankristin Ando. This was Literature from Finland brought to you by Helsinki Literary Agency and hosted by me, Porte. Special thanks to Petri Latvala for the design and Alessandro Dana for the music and to all the colleagues at the agency. Don't forget to tune in next episode.